Today's sponsor is Headspace. You slept every night of your life, so you should be pretty good at it by now, right? Unfortunately, many of us don't get the quality sleep that we need and could use a little bit of help, and that's where Headspace has got you covered. It's your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. And while they have meditations devoted to helping you reduce stress and increase your overall sense of well-being, they have an entire library of sleep stories, sleep music, and other sleep sounds that can help you get the quality sleep you desperately need. And for busy lifestyles, they have what's called wind downs. It's meditations and breathing exercises that are as short as three minutes so they can fit into anybody's schedule. I personally use Headspace myself. I've tried out some of the sleep stuff. It actually works. Like to me, it actually makes a difference. So Headspace, it's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews. That's a lot. And over 60 million downloads. Try it today for free and start sleeping soundly. So right now, our listeners get 30% off Headspace's entire library of meditations. Just go to headspace.com slash sleep pod for 30% off your subscription, but only until May 12th. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash sleep pod today. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Pat with a quick special announcement here to start this episode. The Smart Passive Income Podcast is up for an award this year. We've been nominated for the podcast awards for top business podcast at podcastawards.com. And I need your help. Voting can happen daily between now and March 24th. So go ahead and go to podcastawards.com and look for Smart Passive Income under the business category. It would help out so much. We've been nominated twice in the past and we haven't won yet, but I think this is going to be the year. And uh, if you are a hardcore SPI fan and you want daily reminders, go to ivoteforpat.com and sign up there for daily reminders. They'll be sent to you through March 24th and I'll delete the list after that. So what do you say, guys? We're going to do this year? We just vote for daddy for president. No, not not for president. For, for a podcast award. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I vote for pat.com. And here is the start of this episode. This is the Smart Passive Income Podcast with Pat Flynn, session number 154. That's a four. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, um, he doesn't want you to ask about his thumbs, Pat Flynn. What's up, everybody? Pat Flynn here. Thank you again so much for joining me in this episode of SPI. And uh, who is also joining me today is Caleb Wojcik from DIYVideoGuy.com. He is my videographer. I've hired him to help me produce videos primarily for the new TV show I have, which is SPI TV. Now, it's not really a TV show, but that's just what we call it. Um, but it is a web TV show, I guess you could say, that goes onto YouTube, but it also goes onto iTunes as a video podcast and something we just kind of decided to do because we had that video content already. We're sort of repurposing that content. And uh, the results have been pretty amazing, actually, of what has come out of putting that video or that video show onto iTunes. So you're going to hear all about that. If you're doing any sort of video or planning on doing it, this is definitely a not miss or can't miss episode. Caleb is amazing. He's doing a lot of great things in video. Again, his website at DIYVideoGuy.com has great tips for those of you just starting out with video. Today, we're going to talk specifically about some gear you can use and production tips, especially when you're planning out a show. And we have a lot of cool tips and tricks for workflow to make sure that not only are we producing videos in an efficient manner, but that I'm consistent and continually coming out with great 
stuff. For those of you who have yet to discover SPI TV, you can check it out at watchspi.tv. Um, and at the time of the recording, we've only done three or only three episodes have gone live, but we're, we've recorded already 12. So we have a lot of production recording tips and things like that. And like I said, the numbers from putting them on iTunes actually – is uh, pretty amazing. Caleb has his own example and case study and numbers to share because he also started a YouTube channel and a video podcast at the exact same time with the same content and he had zero audience to start out with and he's going to reveal some numbers based on that too. So here's Caleb Wojcik and uh, enjoy. What's up, Caleb? Hey, Pat. How's it going? Good. And I can see you right now because we're in the same room together in my office. That did sound a little creepy. But I could still see you. Um, Still creepy. Yeah. (laughs) Now, the last time you were on the show, episode 95, we talked about the do's and don'ts of online video. Mm-hmm. And I wanted you to come back on the show today because a lot of people out there know that I've just gone live with SPI TV a couple months ago. It's been really successful. It's not only getting back into YouTube after being away from it for so long, but also getting into brand new for me, which is video podcasts, something that I never thought I would do because I didn't really see the benefit of it. And now that we've been doing it for a while, there are actually a lot of good things to say about it too. But Maybe not what you might expect. So we're going to talk about all about those things. We're going to talk about the stats and things that um, have come as a result of putting SPI TV together. But to start off with, I mean, first of all, just give us an update on how things are going with you and DIYvideoguy.com. I, I'm curious, back in episode 95, were you still with Fizzle at that time? Yeah, I was. So we recorded that about a year ago. I was working at Fizzle with Corbett and Chase, and they were just recently on this podcast too. Um but I left uh, September, October timeframe of last year. And so it's been about five or six months that I've been doing freelance video production and then running DIY Video Guy. You're one of my clients now. I have some other mm-hmm. clients that keep me going. Um, and yeah, so I've been doing nonstop video production for about six months now. So excited to share some behind the scenes of how we're making the show, some of the gear we're using, production tips we have. And yeah, there's a lot to cover today. Yeah, I mean, and how are things going in terms of the video stuff? I mean, this is what you want to do, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was what I wanted to do. It was a lot of what I did at Fizzle, but now it's pretty much my full focus is between the client work and my own personal projects of teaching video stuff. It's fun to balance between the two, and it's different pretty much every week now. Mm-hmm. And you have your own course at DIYVideoGuy.com. Can you share some of the other clients that you have? I think these are people or companies that we know about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I've worked with Gumroad, who you use to sell the smart podcast player. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Ducker and you, I'm doing some stuff for you later this year with One Day BB. I've worked with Scott Dinsmore, Amy Porterfield, uh, a bunch of different people in this circle. Yeah, and you do great work, and we've already received a ton of compliments from the work that you've done on SPI TV. And a lot of people might know that the first sort of video stuff that you did for me was way back when Let Go was published. You did all the video work for the bonus videos and interviews then. And also the trailer for that, which is extremely popular. So here we are a year later, podcasting, the audio form of it has just blown up since then. I mean, back then it was still blowing up and now it just seems to go. You only had one podcast, now you have 12. I don't know how many you have. You have, you have, you have four or five. Though. I have a lot. I have uh, four or five. I can't even count right now. Four audio and, and, and one video podcast, uh, which is really interesting. I mean, it's just been going really well. And we have, like I said, a lot of things to say about the video podcast specifically. Um, but video, video, from your perspective, do you feel like it's something that everybody should still continue to focus on or that, it, that we're still in just the beginning of it? I mean, where, where's video stand now for all of us in online business? Yeah, I always hear people say, this is the year for whatever. Yeah. But really, I think video is just going to continue growing just like podcasting is going to continue growing. So 
if it makes sense for what you're doing online, now is just as good of a time to start as any. So experiment with it and we'll talk about what we do and you don't have to do these high production things. Actually go back to episode 95 where we talk about how to start with video instead of some of this camera equipment and committing to every week, you know, just get started with whatever if you're not doing video right now. Yeah, I think the big thing for me and why I kind of left YouTube for a while, even though I had over 30,000 subscribers, I mean, to think that I left those people hanging for over a year and a half just kills me now um, because it was going so well. And then I kind of just went full steam with the podcast. But uh, the, the videos just have been fantastic when I was doing them for the growth of the blog and the traffic and also the authority and also indirectly a lot of the affiliate income I've made from videos like the how to start a blog in four minutes and all of my tutorial videos and things like that. And the one thing that is the major change going in, going back into video now um, is that I'm committing to doing one a week. And the when me and Mel, when me and Caleb met, actually, we talked about okay, how can we make sure that I, Pat Flynn, can be motivated to continue to do this because back back then I was motivated, but then it would there wasn't some sort of consistency. It was just sort of whenever a video idea came in my head, I would produce it, and that's before I had kids really. And then the kids came, and you know, video production does take a little bit of time. But now because we're calling it SPI TV, and there's a show coming out every single Friday, it forces us to to figure out how we can production wise make this happen, but also come up with content ahead of time and those types of things. And that I feel is going to be huge in terms of the long-term success of SPI TV, but also just what it is doing for the SPI brand. Yeah. And part of the stuff that we want to get into talking about in this episode is just the production process of how we're putting that many episodes out basically and how we're theming them and how we planned them and kind of just the thought process of, okay, you committed to doing this show and then we went and we sat down in a coffee shop and we planned out the titles for like six months worth. Yeah, we, we've got all the episodes lined up. We have all of the shooting dates and locations lined up through June. And then we figured we're going to take maybe July off just to kind of reset and also reevaluate, see if this is actually going well, and then take it through the rest of the year. And we have some already some ideas for what we're going to do later in the year. Uh, for those of you who have contributed to the Ghana campaign that I did last year in uh, December for my birthday, again, thank you so much for, for your contribution to that. Um, I'm actually headed to Ghana in June with Caleb, actually. We're going together. And he's going to bring his video camera. We're going to film that for all of you so you can be a part of that too. I want, I want it as much as, you, as possible for SPI, who's been so big in, in, in the, um, you know, the, the, the campaign here to build these two schools in Ghana to be a part of this. You know, I'm kind of just taking you with me and Caleb is that person. Um, but going back, let, why don't we just start with, okay, we have to commit to video. And, and maybe if you, if you don't want to commit like a whole series of months, maybe you just start with one if you're just starting out. Whatever the case may be, what would be the best way to get started, Caleb? Well, the first thing to do would be, okay, whatever it is you talk about, whatever you do online, think of something that's visual. That's something that you can show people either on your screen while you record it or with you talking and you can hold stuff up. And I, I think of the first episode of SBI TV where you were talking through this very visual process of how you are planning out your book and writing your book. And mm -hmm. there's post-it notes everywhere. You had to show people how you organized them, how you, you categorized them, them. I threw them at you more times than we actually showed people. <laughs> it was like 20 takes or something. <laughs> and so think of something that's really visual and start with that. So yep. like fly fishing, which is the example you used in the first episode of SBI TV, you know, take a camera out to the river and go 
film yourself fly fishing, like show something visual instead of, you know, you just standing there talking to the camera, like try to make it really visual, whatever you decide to do on video. Right. I mean, we don't want to just sit and watch a face talk the whole time. Right. Right. Um, but I mean, those things can work, but there are certain strategies you can use within those videos to make them engaging. Um, there are a lot of sort of talking head videos out there that, you know, you got to figure, okay, if people are watching this, what's going to keep them watching? What's going to change? What's going to be different? What's something to keep their engaged, uh, you know, mind there with you in the video? Um, okay. So something visual, that's important. I think we're, you know, an even more specific thing where people can start just to actually check. And this is something I always love to do is I love to see based on the previous month's analytics on Google analytics to see what has been the most popular post that I've written or, uh, you know, over the past year, over the past month, or just few months, just find out what's working. What is it that your audience or maybe Google seems to favor the most that you're getting the most traffic from? That's what I would create videos about if possible if there's a visual way to represent that and yeah it's essentially repurposing that content or maybe enhancing it at which point you could then embed that video in that old post and make it even better and more valuable and more shareable and more you know able to rank even higher in the search engines i mean that's where i would start because you know that's something that works and that's something that people are potentially going to look for on youtube because youtube is a search engine and we're going to get into video podcasts as well i mean itunes is a search engine too yeah, and you can do the same thing with YouTube. You can type in whatever your keywords are, whatever your niche is, go look at the other channels of your competitors or the other people in your industry, see what the most popular videos are, see what has the most views, see how old they are, and see if you can make a new update to them. Maybe the, the videos for some old version of whatever they're talking about, and you can make a new one. Mm-hmm. All that stuff helps. Yeah, I mean, even if you're looking for blog post content, going into YouTube and seeing what's popular, I mean, that's something we should all be doing anyway, because that's just validating those topics for you. And uh, then you can take it to the next level and make it even better. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, gear. I mean, let's talk a little bit about gear. We talked a lot about gear in episode 95, so we'll definitely have the show notes there for you at smartpassiveincome.com slash session 154 with a link to that episode again, episode 95. Um, but again, gear, I think the big the big thing we talked about in 95 was you don't need super fancy gear. I mean, the gear we shoot with here in my office and in the studio and, and on location, it's pretty high tech stuff. But this is like Caleb's full time gig now. He's got he's got the best equipment um, possible. But there are so many economical ways to go about it where you just need something decent. And I think what we had mentioned in, in that previous episode was just, you know, reach into your pocket and pull out that phone of yours, you know. That, that's that's how you would do it, right? Yeah, start with phones, start with webcams, start with recording your screen. You know, any of those things under $100, you can start making videos. So your phone, get a little tripod attachment just to stabilize it and get a microphone like the Rode SmartLav Plus. Those two together under $100. Record your screen, get something like ScreenFlow or Camtasia. Those are both good ways to start making videos. That's how you said you started in that episode Mm -hmm. because you were afraid of being on camera like I was when I first started. So, you know, whatever gear you have, just start with that. You can take these principles we're going to be talking about in this episode and start making videos now for YouTube, for iTunes, for Instagram or Vine or Snapchat, wherever you want to put your videos. And those are even less intimidating because they're so short. Right. And I'm glad you mentioned about my first videos using ScreenFlow because I was scared to put my face on camera. Um, It it was really scary. And I know that stops a lot of people from shooting videos. 
But I know over time, just the more that I've done it, the more comfortable I get. And now if you watch Caleb's channel or my channel, you'll see just how comfortable we are. It definitely has come a long way for us. But the thing is, you just have to get started. And so I would challenge each and every one of you who have yet to start to just try doing one. You know, you're going to hear these crazy production tips and, and very helpful batching processes and things that we talk about to just make production and life a lot easier for us, um, you know, in terms of creating these videos. But just start by doing one you can even keep it short, just two minutes for your existing audience or your website, and just start there. The more you do it, the more comfortable you're going to get, and the more authority you're going to have, the better, you know, people are listening to your voice just like you guys are listening to us on the podcast, but there's also something visual to go along with it. It's just going to make your brand so much stronger. I mean, just start with one. My challenge to everybody out there listening right now is a week from now, shoot a video. You don't have to post it necessarily. I mean, maybe you can post it if, if, you're, if you want, but I think just getting over the whole recording of it um, will just, you know, start a flood of videos for, for a few people out there. Yeah. And a, a couple of notes on that. You mentioned in the previous episode that you shot like a hundred before you released any. Yeah. I didn't shoot quite that many, but I did shoot quite a few really awful ones where I'm in front of this whiteboard in my old apartment complex and it's all yellow lights and I'm like drawing on the board for like 30 minutes and I'm like, this is awful. Like just, I just <laughs> threw it in my recycle bin on my computer and just threw it away. And I get emails from people in my audience where they'll put a video up on YouTube unlisted and they just want feedback. Like, and that's awesome. They're like, I shot this video. Sounds a little weird. It's, uh, what do you think? And I, I think that's awesome to just make something, put it out there, get it to completion and then maybe throw it away if you don't like it. Yeah. And then as you're creating these videos or even before you start hitting record, you know, outline what these videos are going to be about. Just simply bullet point the few things you want to talk about and rely on yourself just to, to tell stories or talk about examples of those certain things. I mean, I used to, I mean, I've, I've done this for video. I've done this for podcasting. I've done this for stage. I used to script out the entire thing. And even for a 40 minute presentation, I would script out and have 30 or 40 pages worth of stuff that I would literally memorize and it would just sound so robotic and I would just, you know, eventually I got coaching and was told, you know, just write the bullet points of the major things you want to hit and then rely on your own self to just tell those things as if you were just talking to somebody like at a cafe or at a coffee shop. I mean, it has to be that comfortable because that's how natural it is. And yes, it's totally uncomfortable when you're doing it. But when you think about that in terms of the approach, it's just going to be so much easier. You're going to save a lot more time. And again, practice makes perfect. Yeah. And I mean, getting back to the gear thing in the past, we've used a teleprompter for your videos when yeah. they're longer for breakthrough blogging. Um, there was so many videos and they had to be so technical that you scripted those out and we used a teleprompter, but we haven't used a teleprompter yet for SBI TV at yeah. all. Um, I, I do use it for my show most of the time because it's the technical things. I'm saying very specific things and then I shoot the B-roll later that's going to go and cover it up. But for SPI TV, it's a little bit more fluid because we're shooting so many in a day. We do the outline. We know the major pieces you're going to hit on. You've written a lot, of, a lot about these things before or podcasted on some of the topics, and you're just going in a different direction or going deeper on it. So mm -hmm. you don't need the full script on them. Right. And then maybe there's opportunities for you to shoot video with other people. I mean, a lot of people have gotten started in the podcasting space and for audio specifically by interviewing other people. 
And you can do the same thing with video too. You just have to set up a camera. And, uh, you know, again, you can go from very basic to just one shot with both of you sort of looking at each other. And again, the audio is really important too. We can talk about uh, that really quick before we get onto some production tips, which is why I know people are listening to this. Um, But, you know, you could start out by just simply being there and asking the right questions and have people sort of answer them who are experts. Maybe you go to a conference and, and instead of doing an audio podcast with the person you meet there, maybe you just, um, you know, take them out for a second and uh, do a little quick three-minute interview. Maybe you just ask them one question and it's just a really great question and they have an amazing answer. That itself can just be an amazing YouTube video that uh, is about a very specific topic, sort of Ask Pat style that people might search for and find you about. Again, the quality doesn't have to be... Um, you know, Hollywood production, but it just has to be something that can be watched and listened to. Yeah. And you would never script like a two person conversation, like what we're doing right now. But if I had to record this episode by myself, I'd probably write a huge outline. I'd probably script out certain pieces. I don't know what you would do at this point, but maybe for the first 50 episodes, your podcast, you'd have done the same for solo episodes, but you would never do that with two people. So when you just add another person to the equation of a video, it's so much easier to make. Right. And I've heard the same thing with podcasts too. When there's two people on a podcast, just like us now, or, you know, people who have co-hosts, they tend to have an easier time than people who are doing solo shows. And I I will say doing a solo show is is definitely difficult. Although something that helps me is I think about that other person on the other end as if I was speaking to them. I mean, I'm literally thinking of my avatar and who I'm talking to, that one person in my audience. And that, that helps me get through. So if you're doing solo shows, whether it's video or podcast, uh, audio, um, you know, thinking about your avatar, if you don't have that other person with you is going to, is going to be helpful. So do you want me to run through the gear really quick before we get to the next section? I yeah. And make, make sure we cover things. audio too. Cause obviously that's very important too. Yeah. So camera wise, um, I just got a Canon C100 Mark II, which is like a $5,500 camera. So I don't expect anyone uh, else to have that. <laughs> I had to save up for that for a long time, but I was shooting everything up until about a week or two ago on a Canon 5D Mark III. Okay, we're going over what we're talking about for SPI TV. Yes. So, okay, we've gotten a lot of questions about what we're using, actually. So this is good. Again, we're not saying this is what you need. Mm -mm. We've already covered that you can just use your phone to do this in the Rode Smart Lab for the audio, but this is what we are using right now Mm -hmm. for SPI TV, just for those of you who are curious. Yeah, and at the end of this episode, I'll, I'll share more information about, like, more detailed breakdown of different budgets of what you can get in these categories. But I'm using L series lenses from Canon, uh, a 35 millimeter, a 50 millimeter, an 85 millimeter, and a 24 to 105. Um, going into sound, the mic that we use the most often is a Rode NTG3, which is a shotgun mic that goes directly above Pat's head, pointed down towards where he's speaking. Um, that's an investment. Actually, Pat has one and I have one. Um, that's been a lot of fun to record with, actually, because there's nothing that I have to snap onto my collar. There's no lavalier that you no, have to no. like try to hide or there's like the ruffling sound or the cord running down your pants or... Like, you know, when you watch uh, the behind the scenes of a, a sitcom, you know, you see the guys holding those large microphones sort of like they're fishing or something. Uh, that That's essentially what it is. And if you go to my if you go to my Instagram channel and scroll down a little bit, instagram.com slash Pat Flynn, you'll see some behind the scenes shots of my video studio in my home um, which is one of the locations we shoot at uh, where you might have seen the green screen in the back or the red screen. Uh, you'll, you could see that mic there. It's pretty cool. And it, it does take up a lot of space, though. But mm-hmm. it is cool just to not have anything in my face. It's out of camera, not anything to sort of hook on to me or anything like that. It's, it's nice. Yeah, and there are cheaper versions of that, too. The NGG2 is only a couple hundred dollars. Um, that goes into 
a Tascam uh, DR100, which a Zoom H4n is a very similar thing. Plug the XLR into the bottom, right. records the audio that way. Portable audio recorder. Mm-hmm. And then for episode, was it five that we did at Loose Loft to tease the one day business breakthrough? Yeah. That we actually used your wireless lavalier and then we put the recorder in your backpack. So you're like walking around and there's no wires coming off of you and you're recording the sound that way. And that's yeah. how you get better sound having it as close to you as possible. So some of you might be wondering why I was wearing a backpack the whole time is because we, uh, it was just easier to, to have the audio run from my backpack to me instead of from some recorder on Caleb or on the ground somewhere and mm. wires on the ground and things like that. And then for lights in your studio, you have a pair of LED lights from mm-hmm. Icon, I-K-A-N, and those are the two main lights. And then behind you, you have this thing called the ice light, which looks like a little tiny lightsaber. Yeah, it's awesome. And that just points at the background so that shadows from you aren't on the background when you like move side to side and wave your hands. Yeah, the the ice light is really cool. It looks like a big... You know, a little bit of like a lightsaber and just this huge white bright light comes out of it in in sort of one direction. And uh, just like Caleb said, it it sort of erases the shadows behind you. And we use that for the the backlight, is that what we call Mm -hmm. it? Um, So, yeah. And then the lights that I have, I have a pair of Kino Flow Diva 401s. Uh, Huge. They're just unbelievably huge. Yeah, they come with like a 70-pound travel case. But... I just got those lights a few months ago and I've been shooting videos for a few years and that was like a couple thousand dollar investment. What I used before that was a set of $175 lights from Amazon, like Cowboy Studio, three-point lighting setup. I had that before, yeah. And I used that for all my videos at Fizzle, any of the freelance work that I did with you or other people up until a few months ago. So like going going back to, that's that's most of the gear there, but just going back to the thought of there are cheaper versions of all of these things in the hundred couple hundred dollar range for cameras, lights and audio. And you don't need to have 10 to $15,000 worth of equipment when you show up to shoot your videos, but everything is incrementally helping. And so that's why people are noticing certain quality in, in what we're doing. It's time equipment, how many videos each of us have shot you on camera, me behind the camera, and it, you just kind of work your way there. Right, right. Those those little details do add up. But again, you don't need the best equipment to start out with. And for the first few years, I've built a subscriber base on YouTube of over 30,000 with just basic equipment. Not even lights, really. Um, lights are obviously very important, but I use ScreenFlow, so you don't need lights for that, obviously, because you're recording on your computer. And audio with ScreenFlow, you're just recording into your computer as well. Um, so if you, want, if you just want to get started out and try something out, teach somebody something that you do on your computer. And then record that using ScreenFlow for Mac or Camtasia Studios for PC. And uh, I think this QuickTime, you can do screen recording on QuickTime too yeah, for so free. You, so you don't even need ScreenFlow on a Mac. You just open up QuickTime Player. You can do a new audio recording, a new movie recording, which is from a webcam, or a new screen recording. So you can record, let's say, the intro to your video using your webcam. Just a new movie recording. Pick your webcam talk into your computer and say, hey, this is Pat. I'm going to show you this. Then hit stop. Then go to new screen recording, record yourself using the app or whatever, or going through a keynote or what have you, and then piece them together in iMovie, and you're using all free software that's already on your Mac. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, production tips. 
Okay, so for SBI TV, we shoot about a month's worth in one day. So we shoot four to five episodes in either an afternoon or morning to afternoon. Sometimes it takes the full day. Right. So, for example, in you know the first episodes came out in February. We shot one day in January, mm-hmm. four episodes worth, um, or actually three i think because one of them is a screen flow one so that was done just on my own Mm -hmm. Um, but then in february we shot for march in march we shot for april so on and so forth and it's really cool because we do all of those things in one day and it's something we plan ahead for we talk about what we're going to do and it's just not like hey caleb what's up what are we going to do today it's like okay caleb here we go we know the episode titles we know a general outline of what they're going to be we can then reference you know, in the previous episode, I talked about this. And then in the next episode, I'm going to talk about this. And so, yeah, that's been really cool. So there, there's continuity through these episodes as we number them, mm-hmm. just like a television show or a podcast. And so having that, I think, helps the viewer maybe catch up a little bit. You know, if you're watching something on Netflix or you're catching up on Walking Dead, you're not going to want to miss an episode as opposed to you treat your YouTube channel like, I'll just put whatever I want out yeah, there. Which is how I did it before. People just kind of grab bag, choose what they want to watch. But if you make it a little more episodic, like we're doing, I think it encourages people to keep watching each episode. And subscribe. And subscribe as well. And they know when another episode's coming out. And like Caleb was saying, in the episode I'm recording, I can tease the next episode, which we've done. And then at the end of each episode, you'll see Caleb has put a little, um, and this is very popular in, in YouTube now, um, you know, it doesn't really work with video podcasts. And we'll talk about sort of how do we deal with the files and things like that later. Um, but at the end of each of the videos on YouTube, you'll see there's there's two little preview screens or the you know that pop up at the very end of the episode. One of them says previous episode, and then another one says next episode. And they actually have little clips from each of those episodes in there, even though an episode hasn't come out yet. Um, for example, right now you're going to see episode eight come out on Friday that if you listen to this, when it comes out on the, on the 25th of March, um, you'll see episode eight come out on the 27th. Well, I have already teased episode eight and episode seven. Um, and then I did that in the, in the, the blog copy and on the video and just makes it really nice. And, and, and for people to, it really encourages them to subscribe, especially if the topic that you're going to be talking about is something that's going to be worth listening to. So that's been Super, super cool and, and one of the cool strategies we've done and why it's just so important to plan ahead. I mean, I've never planned ahead so much in the content history of SPI through blog content, through podcasting, especially I'm months ahead of my podcast now. And that's really cool because then Caleb and I can come together and even shoot videos in my video studio with a little green screen backdrop to tease those podcast episodes because I know what they're about. I've already recorded them. I know who's the guest and I can just say some fun facts. And then when those episodes come out each Wednesday, I just, you know, Caleb already has sent me the final file for that and I can post it onto Facebook, which will be much more uh, reaching in terms of uh, getting people to see it than if I were to post it on on YouTube and then post it onto Facebook. So that was just a little fun thing that we do as well. Um, But it is so cool to see what's ahead. And also the way that we're organizing this is I'm using a Google Doc, actually specifically a Google spreadsheet or Google Sheet, I think is what they're called. And um, so just to give you an idea of what this looks like, on the very left-hand side, you'll see the, and I'm just going to explain this, uh, the episode number, obviously, and then the date that it's going to come out, and then the title, 
And then I also write the description. This helps me and Caleb figure out or remember what we're going to do. And again, we planned all of this, all of this one spreadsheet in one day when we first met to, to do this first half of 2015. And then it's followed by the tags. And there's some tools out there that'll help you with figuring out what the right tags are for your videos. There's one called Tube Tracker. Mm-hmm. There's another one called V-Roll, um, which is more to do with the uh, the Ads, advertising yeah. for, for YouTube, which I've also been exploring as well. Um, but those are some really cool tools. Tube Tracker is like Market Samurai or Lang- Longtail Pro for, for YouTube videos. It's pretty insane. Tube Tracker with not ER, but just R at the end. We'll have a link in the show notes as well. And then it's followed by the show type. And the show type gives us an idea of, okay, what style is it going to be in? Is it going to be a super quick hit one where it's just going to be in the studio? Or is it going to be sort of a more storytelling, more uh, one with perhaps B-roll and and things like that? Um, Or is it going to be something different? I mean, that just helps us decide what show type it is. And we have a specific set of those different kinds. And then we have um, the topic or or any sort of guests or special notes. And then we have the film date. And every month, the the ones that, that they're filmed on a specific date. And then location. And again, just looking at this ahead of time just makes it so easy for me and Caleb to be like, okay, uh, you know, we're going to put it in the schedule when to film. These are the videos we're going to film. This is what they're about. And once they're done, Caleb knows to, um, you know, make them that title. And then I know to put them that description and YouTube and tag them and all that stuff. It just makes it so easy. And, and, and I think if you, I mean, for bloggers, for you podcasters out there or people about to get into video production, plan ahead i can't tell you how beneficial this has been and just taking all the weight off my shoulders to think i've already spent a day making all these huge decision decisions on what i'm going to be publishing now i can not worry about that and then focus on making these things that i already decided great yeah and the whole thing about publishing free content on an ongoing basis on specific days of the week is it just starts to become this treadmill if you are never ahead of schedule and the only way to get ahead of schedule is to have a schedule and to write out what things are going to be this week, next week, the month after, mm-hmm. and start to slowly get ahead. Like we didn't suddenly get three months ahead, but maybe we'll get there eventually. Now we're a few weeks ahead. And you just have to work your way up towards that by creating a schedule and working your way through it. One thing that has helped us as well is just for fun, we've sort of tested each month having a specific theme. And that's been really cool, actually, especially when trying to figure out what to, you know, create videos about. So we knew that uh, the month of February was going to be all about productivity. So then we started to write down ideas on, okay, what about productivity? What's specifically about being productive um, or specific things that people want to do in a productive manner can we talk about? And that's why episode one is about writing a book. Number two was about my office and how I used it and spaced it out and built it in such a way that was was set up for optimal production from, from me. And then episode three, my top five productivity tools just you know sort of your standard you know top five list type post uh and then the the number four which is really popular about you know nine ways to get an immediate boost of energy before you work and that was february and then we switched to march which we're in right now which is sort of my um this idea of making events or different experiences for your audience gigs as i like to call them as you heard me talk about in episode five uh of spi tv um these special things you can do beyond just what normal readers, listeners, and, and viewers do on your site. And that's why we talked about One Day Business Breakthrough and that live event me and Chris Ducker are doing next month. Again, onedaybb.com, 
sign up now. Uh, and then, you know, mistakes to do when you are meeting people in person and networking and those types of things. How to run a Q&A session using Google Hangouts on air was last week's. Uh, and then this week's, uh, the one you'll hear in a couple of days, is how to um, connect with uh, A-listers in your market and things like that. Uh, and then we have the, we have everything laid out. I mean, next month is all about masterminding. Um, and they also go along with certain events that are happening along the way too. We know that, for example, in April, I'm gonna be doing my keynote at New Media Expo mid, mid-month, and that's why May is all about public speaking. So you can, you can kind of see how we're using what's, what I'm already doing mm-hmm. to help figure out what we should be coming out with the next month. Yeah, and that was all very logical. And I actually picked up this monthly theme thing when I was at Fizzle. We did it on our blog for four or five months, and we tie our podcast and our blog together with with themes because the reason this is so helpful is when you have hundreds or maybe even just like forty or fifty different things you could talk about, and you have to sit down to write one. It's just so daunting. And so if you can break things down into themes like public speaking or masterminding or productivity, immediately you can think of, oh, these are the three or four videos I can make this month about that. There's no way you're going to ever cover everything in a few videos, but you can cover the highlights and you can get through enough in that month and then move on to the next thing. And you could go as far as theming your whole podcast and your whole blog about it. People might get sick of it though. Well, if every post for a month and every video and every podcast was about a specific topic, it'd be perhaps. twelve or thirteen things you'd publish. You would get sick of it. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, but but this gives it a nice little. I mean, as far as putting it putting the show together make, makes it really easy, mm-hmm. and and also people seem to enjoy it. And I think you know it's it's spaced far enough apart from each other once a week every Friday, where it's not going to be a huge issue for people. Mm-hmm. Okay, so why don't we, uh, you know, any more production tips? I mean, I think we've hit the major ones. Planning ahead, scheduling, um, you know, putting this in a matrix so you can figure out and and know what you're going to do on that day that you shoot. Um, Batch processing, anything else? Yeah, so I have one more thing. And it's easy when you have another person involved to pick a date to shoot on, to batch it and stuff like that. I'm going to show up with my video equipment and you're going to have to be ready to to shoot, basically. Mm -hmm. That's a little bit easier when there's another person. When you're by yourself, you just kind of have to treat it like that. You have to maybe tell tell your spouse that you need the office that day or you need them to take the kids or something for the day so you can shoot videos. Whatever you need to do to pencil that time so you can batch stuff, that's what you need to do because it's harder when you're by yourself to have the discipline to actually set aside the time on your calendar and treat it as sacred and not just let an urgent email come in and like derail you and you not actually get ahead on your stuff. Uh, yeah. I mean, when you come in, that's what we're doing today. Yeah. And it would be rude of me to answer an email or just take a call or something. I mean, this is what we're doing that day mm-hmm. and we get it done. I mean, just the other day, how many videos did we do the other day, Caleb? There was, I think six or seven podcast teasers and then five or six SPI actual TV. SPI TV episodes yeah. in one single day. Yeah, we crushed it. <laughs> that was awesome. Um, and, and then also going into shooting. I mean, you've seen me some days where I'm just like out of it and I need to do a bunch of retakes. And, you know, the other day we shot at Loose Loft, which is where the event is going to be next month with Chris. Uh, I was just on it. And I don't know if it was because I just was 
in this really cool downtown area and it was just really fun to be in and I was just in a good mood because of that. You know, I don't know exactly that maybe I had a great breakfast that morning or had just had an amazing coffee downtown at this place that was not Starbucks. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what it was, but I was just on it that day. And some days I'm not on it. And so I don't know. I think we just have to be conscious. I'm not saying you should do one thing, uh, you know, over another, but you should absolutely pay attention to when you're most productive, when you are most in a mindset where you can quickly deliver content and be on top of it and and creative in your with your mind and what you're saying. Yeah, and another piece of that was we only had about a half an hour at the uh, location because they had to set up for an event and they opened it up a little early so we could shoot. And so you didn't have time to mess up. Like yeah, you're right. You had to get you had to get through the lines and you you did. It wasn't scripted, it was outlined. It was like one take each time and we got it done because we had to because they were going to kick us out. It's funny how we do things well when we're under pressure sometimes, right? Hmm, interesting. Okay, so why don't we start talking about the video podcasts and, and YouTube, of course. I mean, we, we post these primarily on YouTube, but we figured, hey, why don't we post these as a video podcast just to see what happens, an experiment. Um, but the first thing I learned when we tried to do that, for those of you who might want to try to do that too, if you have a YouTube channel, is that you can't just stick an RSS feed from YouTube into iTunes like you would from a blog for an audio podcast into iTunes because you don't get an RSS feed from YouTube. Mm-mm. So you can't host your videos on YouTube and expect to have them be shown on an iTunes directory. And you know, now that you're thinking about this, there's probably a reason why you don't see 100,000 million videos on iTunes is because it's not that easy. Yeah, it is a little bit more complicated. And it's just like podcasting where you have to find a host that can set up the RSS feed properly, have all the iTunes tags so your artwork shows up, mm-hmm. your artist name, all your episodes with the length and download and everything like that. So it's more complicated than just uploading any video file to YouTube, letting them transcode it, and then anyone can watch it anywhere. There's there's a little bit more to it than that, um, but we can talk through what we've learned. And um, I actually found out about this because I was watching video podcasts of shows that I also watched on YouTube sometimes. But it was just more convenient to have it on my phone when I was on a flight or when I was just out and about and I didn't want to download a 200 megabyte video file to watch something. So I I was just watching them that way. And I was like, I need to figure out how to actually do this for myself and for you. So there is a benefit for the watchers out there who are watching podcasts, you know, video podcasts. And I think this is something a lot of us struggle with and why it's just there aren't that many video podcasts. And I'll talk about my rankings in a little bit, but I think people are still having an under, a hard time understanding, okay, well, why should I even watch a podcast? Like, it doesn't even make sense. Uh, even to me still, I mean, I feel like if I can watch it on YouTube, I would. But are you saying that with the podcast specifically, you can download that content ahead of time and then not have to be online, just like, you know, you would with an audio podcast? Yeah, it's exactly the same as an audio podcast where if you're subscribed and you have it set to auto download, it'll download the video episode either onto your computer or onto your device overnight when it comes out. If you're on a commute, um, hopefully you're not driving. If you're on like a bus or a train or something and you're commuting and not driving, you could watch it without having to use data or anything like that, without having to watch the spinning wheel on YouTube while it loads or Mm -hmm. what have you. So I, I personally like having a video podcast download. And what we've found is you're reaching a lot of people there, actually. Yeah, actually, a number of people have emailed saying they found me 
through the video podcast, which is really, really interesting. Um, you had mentioned, you know, not driving or, you know, making sure you're on a train or on a bus. But I think that's important to understand is this isn't like audio podcasts that people can listen to while doing something else. With video specifically, you have to be watching the video to get the most out of it, typically. Um, so that's why it's, I feel, not as popular or going to be as popular as audio podcasts mm -hmm. specifically. But people are holding, I mean, I have an iPhone 6 Plus that I just got recently. Yeah, it's, like a giant it's, thing. It's, it's a TV, let's be honest. It is a TV. In my pocket. <laughs> well, you're a tall guy, so <laughs> you can put a TV in your pocket. <laughs> Now that we know some of the benefit of watching it, I mean, it just it, it is a good platform for a producer. It is a lot more work than just po posting on YouTube, like you said. But also, it's kind of cool to say, "Hey, check out my channel on iTunes." You know, it's mm -hmm. like people go there; they they see my show page, and if they're on like an Apple TV or something, it's just really easy to see and get to and subscribe. Um, and it doesn't seem as sort of high quality. Uh, or it, it seems to be more high quality or more higher authority authority than you know just a YouTube channel that you know a little kid named Beaver can put together you know when they're like eight or something. The kid's name is Beaver. Be Beaver. Beaver. Oh, Justin Beaver. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. And so I just wanted to uh, read this email I got from someone that found my show that way. Um, I had been doing the same thing as you last year with YouTube, where sporadically I would upload videos. Uh, gear reviews, tutorials, stuff like that. And then this year, it was right before we started doing stuff together, I committed to a weekly show as well. And I was like, I'm going to put this on iTunes also. And so someone found my DIY Video Guy TV podcast and they emailed me and they, they said, I just found your DIY Video Podcast via Apple TV this week. And I was like, how? And so I replied, I was like, explain exactly how you found it on Apple TV. And he says, oh, it just popped up under Apple TV. And then I went to podcast under the video section. And there it was. And I was like, okay, that's one reason to be in iTunes. It's just another channel for people to find you. Mm -hmm. and, and you're coming out with these videos already anyway, right? Yeah, I'm already putting all this time and effort into making these. And really, it's only... Yeah, what do we do? 10 to 15 minutes of work, I would say. Okay, and we need to talk about what those 10 to 15 minutes are. Yeah, so... There's kind of two choices for hosts for uh, video podcasts. There's Libsyn, which is a bit more expensive. And we actually went with a company called Podbean because they have an unlimited video plan for $18 to $25 a month. Libsyn is not un unlimited. They have a, a certain limit to the number of megabytes that you can upload. And with video, these things can get quite mm -hmm. big. Mm -hmm. And there are some things that you can do with your video podcast to make them smaller. So we don't do 1080p on iTunes. We only do 720p, which makes the vi the file size smaller. Also, when I export it from Adobe Premiere Pro, the video quality is lower, but you have to think of people are watching these on their phones, typically not on a, a computer or a television or something like that. So we try to keep the file sizes down, but yeah, Libsyn charges by how many megabytes you use. Yeah. Or they cap it, and once you reach that limit, you have to up upgrade. Mm -hmm. But Podbean, P-O-D-B-E-A-N, uh, it's another hosting service for podcasters, and they have a great uh, plan for if you're going to do video because it is unlimited, at least currently, as we're recording this. And so what we do, I mean, you you give me, or essentially, we, we record an episode, 
and then you come out with two different versions of it. You yeah. have the YouTube version, which is the high def one. Yeah, it's 1080p, and the only difference between the two video files, other than the the quality, is the YouTube bumper at the end. Right. Because right. it would not make sense to give someone an iTunes podcast video file with a bumper of things they can't click on. Right, right. And nobody would actually tap their desktop screen. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but, uh, okay. Um, so that, so do you export one video and then sort of downgrade it or do you export twice, one at one quality and one at another? I export two separate things. So okay. to get really technical in Premiere, I have two sequences. When I finish the edit, I make a duplicate copy of it. And on that duplicate one, I add the YouTube bumper and I export them separately at different qualities. Okay. So as you can see, there is some work to be done to get it onto uh, iTunes. And one of the things to serve our audience there is to you know make the file a little bit smaller just mm-hmm. so it's, it, it downloads quicker and that sort of thing. Um, but, you know, when you post on Podbean or Libsyn or wherever you end up hosting your videos for this, Wistia was it was another option we chose, right? But it just became too expensive, I believe, right? With that, the bandwidth. Yeah, that and we couldn't even get up to 720p with their RSS feed because nobody was using it. Nobody was using it for video podcasting, so they just hadn't really updated it. Okay. I even contacted them and they, they just no one's asking for it kind of thing. Oh, that's really interesting. Okay, so on Podbean, when you upload the lower quality file, it still looks great. Yeah. I mean, at this point, it's it's. I mean, the normal person couldn't really tell the difference, um, but it is a smaller file, and then you have to po- publish an episode on Podbean, and Podbean is the is the where you get the RSS feed, mm-hmm. which you can then deliver through, uh, you know, to iTunes, and, and you can choose your categories and all that kind of stuff on Podbean as well. Right, the stuff that iTunes wants to see. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, author name and show name and, you know, you put your artwork, artwork in there as yeah. well and all that stuff. Um, and then that's where you you get your RSS feed that the, that you can then put in, into iTunes. And again, it's just a little bit of additional work. But like Caleb said, he's had some people contact him saying they found him on there. And I've had people do the same for me too. And I will say, there is hardly any competition right. in the video podcasting space right now and, and and I think this might be the, one of the first times people have really gone and um, you know and really talked about it and, and provided some case studies and examples from it just because nobody's doing it and right now essentially who is on there are people who have you know television shows um, who are yeah just- you look at the top ones it's MSNBC it's a lot of Apple Apple produced ones yeah. with authors artists stuff like that um, CNET has some stuff on there TED NASA. talks yeah so. Big brands, huge brands that you you see them and you're like, oh, that's a Comedy Central logo. I know what that is. Right. And it makes you wonder, wow, okay, this isn't for me. But I will say that when we launched SPI TV after two days, we became the number one video podcast in the entire U.S. store. And since then, we've been the number one video business podcast. And we're still there. Um, and, and so... You know, you might be wondering, oh, well, okay, that's cool. But how many people are actually watching? Well, do you have some stats to reveal about that, right? Yeah, so we're recording this um, a bit before you guys are actually hearing it. Um, so I don't know, if, do you want me to use percentages or actual numbers? What do you want me to use? Because um, numbers will have changed by the time people are listening. Yeah, I mean, but... I think if, you, if you, they have a baseline, then it's fine. Okay, so uh, 
let's let's use numbers then. Well, so what episode are we at at the time that we're recording this? We just did episode three. Three is out. Yeah. Okay. And by the time this comes out, episode eight is going to happen. So just three episodes of SPI TV has come out three weeks just for those of you. And so on YouTube, there's been 39,000 plays. So that's episodes zero, one, two, and three. So about 30, 39,000. 40, yeah. 40,000. On iTunes video podcast, we have 18,000. So that's a, that's like almost a third. Yeah. A, a third of total views are on iTunes so far. That's not, not a significant number. Right. Especially considering that you have about 40,000 YouTube subscribers. This is true. But on iTunes, you, I had, you zero. had zero. I had zero. And you're embedding the YouTube video on your post, not iTunes. So that's, an, that's another bonus point for the YouTube. For the YouTube. And yet there's still a third of the of people who watch the videos overall are listening from iTunes. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. And I would bet the majority of people listening to this right now are listening through iTunes. And that might be part of the reason that you're getting so many is because uh, you've trained your audience to listen to this podcast, to ask Pat to other podcasts through iTunes, through their podcasting app. And so it'd be really easy for me to say, for example, hey, <laughs> for those of you listening right now on iTunes, uh, I'm not Chase Reeves, so I'm not going to go into the different voices, but you could essentially go back into your podcasting app and look for SPI TV mm-hmm. and just subscribe right then and there. Yeah, you could you could say that. Yeah, I, I but I won't. Yeah, you probably shouldn't, <laughs> dude. But that that's really those are some hard numbers to deny. I mean, this, this is this is really interesting. And with the I, I don't know how many video podcasts there are out there, but there's obviously a lot more audio ones. And and although audio is uh, still sort of in the early stages, as we all feel. Um, and it's picking up steam, especially compared to, you know, blogs. I mean, there's like 400, 500 million blogs. And I think last I heard about 500,000 active podcasts, significantly less. I mean, I, I would just take an educated guess that there's less than 100,000 video podcasts. Oh, yeah. I would, I would assume so, too. I would think somewhere more like 10,000 or so, but I don't, that's all made up stats stuff. So. Yeah. But I mean, just general feeling. I mean, it was... I mean, yes, I have an audience already, but it was really easy to get. Yeah, and even to put it into perspective a little more, I started a show with a fresh YouTube channel, basically. I only had a a few videos on there, a couple hundred subscribers. And I'm getting on my show twice as many plays through iTunes as YouTube. And so almost all of that is organic. You have more, you started kind of both at the same time. Mm -hmm. And you have more views on iTunes mm-hmm. than you do on YouTube. Yes. And that's through f- five, six episodes. And it's because you you put out a new video podcast, you show up in new and noteworthy with a couple hundred downloads, and then you stay there for eight weeks. Yeah. And, and then you new people high. are finding you. Mm-hmm. And if you're giving calls to actions for them to check out your site, to join your email list, maybe they then go to YouTube and find you there. Who knows? But yeah, I'm getting twice as many through iTunes right now. It very well could change when new noteworthy ends after eight weeks, but this is exposure. These 5,000 plays that email I would have never gotten if I didn't also put it into iTunes. Hmm. We've made a case for video podcasts. Curious, curious, George. 
<laughs> I don't know where I was going. No, because I've just heard so many people, especially people in the audio uh, podcasting world who are great friends of mine just say, why Why even bother? And here you go talking about how, how much it's been working for you and here it is working for me too. So hmm, we've made a case for it. I'd love to know what all of you think. Um, you know, head on over to the show notes smartpassiveincome.com slash session 154. And we can continue that conversation. We could talk about it. You can ask questions to Caleb. He'll pop in there and answer your gear questions, your production tip questions. I'll get in there too. And uh, we'll get all the links to all the gear and equipment and everything that we've talked about, uh, Podbean and, and things like that. I mean, the, the one thing I will say about video podcasts, is, and, and this is just for everything Apple related in terms of content production, just the stats that are given to us is just horrible. I mean, we don't even get you get plays, and that's about you, it. You get plays, but I mean, you're getting you're getting this data from Podbean. Mm-hmm. You're not even getting it from Apple, right? Whereas YouTube will give you all this analytics where people drop off and that sort of thing. So, I mean, I think if if you're trying to decide one or the other, it's it's do both. Um, so, hopefully, that gives you a little bit of, of con- concrete advice there if you're thinking about doing this. Um, but again, show notes: smartpassiveincome.com/slash/session154. Again, this is Caleb Wojcik from DIYVideoGuy.com. My videographer. Couldn't be here doing SPI TV without him. So thank you, Caleb, for all the hard work that you're doing, the amazing production work, and uh, you know the laughs that we all have from the bloopers that you put into the videos too. It's uh, it's a lot of fun fun to be a part of, and uh, just blessed to have you. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. And um, yeah, for more information about my stuff, DIYVideoGuy.com. You can find everything there. Sweet. All right. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Caleb Wojcik. Again, you can find him at DIYVideoGuy.com. For the show notes and resources and links to all the equipment and everything we mentioned, head on over to smartpassiveincome.com slash session 154. You can go there and uh, get those links and also leave comments and ask questions to Caleb as well. Thanks also to today's sponsor, which is audiobooks.com. You know, I, I read a lot of books, but I, when I say read, I use air quotes because I mostly listen to books while I'm on the go. When I'm in the car, when I'm on my runs, I'm training for a triathlon, and when I'm on a bike or on a run, I listen to books and I listen through audiobooks.com. So if you go to audiobooks.com slash SPI, they're actually going to give you a lot of cool things that they don't give to everybody else. So first off, you get access to the audio file or audiobook of my best-selling book, Let Go, uh, which was published a number of years ago and it, it was a bestseller on Amazon. Um, you can download it for free, actually, if you go and sign up at audiobooks.com slash SPI. But beyond that, you can also listen to your first audiobook beyond that on them. They will give you one free credit for a book uh, and then you can get a a new book every month after that. You can choose from more than over 50,000 titles including top rated business books and uh, what's really cool is you can also get a 30-day free trial. Again, by signing up and going to audiobooks.com slash SPI. Check it out. They're great. Also, I want to take a quick moment just to thank you. I don't know if you realize this, but you've had, you, the listeners, have made a massive impact on the direction of where Smart Passive Income has gone. Uh, As a result of you, I've been interviewing certain guests that you've recommended. As a result of uh, your recommendations, I've been tackling different topics that are are of high interest to you. Uh, In addition to that, I created a brand new podcast called Ask Pat, which you may have heard of before. And on that show, I answer voicemail questions from you as well. You can actually check that out at askpat.com. But that wouldn't happen if it wasn't for you. Obviously, ask Pat. There needs to be questions in addition to my answers in order to make that show success. And and I'm so thankful that uh, it's there. And, and I have you to thank for that. I also have you to thank for pushing me 
to create some online courses to help you through a number of the, of the different problems and pains that you might be having with your online business, uh, the, the scaling of it, just even the start and the process of it. Um, even though there's a lot of great free information here via the podcast, I know, and I know this from my own experience as well, courses can be life-changing because you you purchase a course and you are just in that mindset of actually doing that thing that that course tells you to, to do. And I have a number of different courses available to you if that's the kind of thing you need in order to actually finally start getting results and taking action. So I know a number of you have already taken action, which is fine. Like I'm not trying to push these courses on you, but they are there and available for those of you who would much prefer to get that targeted information and the accountability and the handholding through those processes. So if you want to check out and see all the courses that are available to you, all you have to do is go to smartpassiveincome.com slash courses. That's a page that's going to continually grow over time as well. So keep checking back, smartpassiveincome.com slash courses. And I look forward to uh, to hopefully seeing you there. Thank you so much for listening in. I appreciate it. And if you have the time, head on over to iTunes and leave a rating and review for the Smart Passive Income Podcast. If you happen to be uh, near a computer, head on over to the Podcast Awards and vote for the Smart Passive Income Podcast as best business podcast. That would be extremely helpful. And finally, I also want to let you know about next week's show, which is really cool because you're actually going to be listening in on a recording from one of my mastermind meetings and then actually hear the uh, aftermath of that with a guest who came on in our group who we all helped out. So go ahead and check it out next week. And until then, thank you so much. Keep crushing it and uh, love you guys. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com. So podcasting is obviously a big deal here at SPI, and today I'm so excited to tell you about our newest podcast. Yes, a brand new podcast called Flops. Flops is all about exploring, celebrating, and normalizing failure in the entrepreneurial journey. Every entrepreneur experiences failure at some point, so I love that we're just facing it head on here. And the show is hosted by two members of the team, Karen and Ray, and in it they talk to entrepreneurs who have had stumbles, setbacks, and flat-out failures. These guests are honest and generous with their stories, and I think they offer hope and encouragement for all other entrepreneurs out there because we all experience it, right? We all experience failure. For example, in the first episode, Ray talks to John who got caught up in a Ponzi scheme. It's a story with twists and turns that will keep you hooked. It's a great story. I highly recommend you check it out. But one thing I love about Flops is that it doesn't dwell on the failure and it always finds a bright side. I really love it, and I think you will too. So the first season of Flops has already started with new episodes dropping on Wednesdays. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also listen at smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. I hope you enjoy it.